0: I am really excited to engage in this conversation with two dear friends. One is my kind of new, but becoming quickly, my old friend, Brittany Williams in Atlanta, partner with me in this opening life podcast adventure. Good morning to you, Brittany, how are you?
1: Good morning, Kyle. I'm doing well. Um, It's a little bit overcast here in Georgia this morning, but that is quickly going to change, I'm sure. So I kind of like it. I kind of don't, depending on what mood I'm in and what day. Today, I'm actually okay with the overcast. It's giving me time to kind of wake up and get going slowly this morning, which I appreciate. So it's good to see you.
0: Good to see you too. And the other friend I have known for over 20 years, we met in Europe and became partners in this endeavor that we call Nexus, creating an arts association that hosts events around Europe. My good old buddy, Rinas Baliu, who's living in Gothenburg, Sweden, is here today to talk with us about some exploring he's been doing and sharing with us on the Nexus website having to do with Top fifty films that he has viewed in the last decade. Good afternoon to you, Rinas. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Kyle. I'm I'm fine.
2: Uh, It's a sunny day here, but it's uh, quite cold, icy cold wind.
0: Yeah, that's the Swedish way. Well, we're really excited to get to talk to you, and I know Brittany, you have a connection with arenas because you guys hung out together through a mutual friend that we have and refresh my memory about that
1: yeah so it was summer of 2019 i got to listen to him talk for several days about beauty and community and all of the pillars that nexus is built on and it was such a great great experience, not only to get to know Renus and his wife in that space, but also the intimacy of everybody coming together. The people that were there, there was definitely like a bond of beauty and artistry and connection in the space. And Renus led us in that for a weekend and it was fantastic. So that's how I got to meet him. But I had heard so much about him already from you and through our mutual friends, Robert and Jenny. So... It was great to put a wonderful face to an awesome already known name yeah.
0: Well, getting time with Renus Thank is always much. time well spent. So, yeah. And learning enough about you, Brittany, I know that the same is true for you. So I could just imagine you guys had a great time together.
1: Well, what do you think, Renus?
0: <laughs> yeah, we had yeah, the memories of that time, yeah. So, Renas, you have enriched us with this voluminous work. I can't remember exactly when you started writing articles for us. How many months has it been now that you've been contributing articles related to these 50 top films of the last decade? Well, the idea came to me when at the end of
2: last year, the first summary of the last decade were starting to be made by different sites. And when I saw the first one, then I thought, hey, that might be a good idea to do it for myself. Because this past decade is probably the first one that I really felt that I had a good coverage of the films that have been issued during that decade. I have the habit of documenting each of my film watching, so I know what, when I've seen them, so what kind of emotion it created. I give them a ranking on that basis. It was relatively easy to go back and see what movies had really stood out for me. And when you make a list like that, you know it's always a personal choice. Well, this is not, of course, about the best films or the the most this or that. It's just the films is uh, that mattered to me that I cared about when I saw them, and and of course that is very linked to the sort of nexus realm films is uh, that inspire to in depth conversation about the things of life that matter. So that became my list, and then I started to think, oh, maybe it could serve as a kind of catalog over this period of films that possibly could be used is to have a
0: conversation with people. Right. And don't you still have the practice with you and your wife, Yoka of, is it every evening? that you guys watch a film together? That's the way we live, yes. (laughs) You know, we end the day
2: with watching a film together. Pre-pandemic times, of course, love to draw people into that habit, the guests that we had in our home.
1: That is a very unique and beautiful way to not only connect with film and art, but to connect with other people. It's a beautiful practice that you and your wife have that connects you to each other. How did y'all start that? How long have you been doing that? Tell us more about this practice that y'all
2: have. So I've always been very interested in storytelling. In earlier days it came a lot through literature and then through friends, So I started to discover the medium of film and uh, needed some time to find an, an own access into is, uh, that whole art form. But again, yes, I feel so privileged is, uh, to have a relatively easy access is, uh, to an incredible legacy of storytelling. People who have gone at great length to tell a story that they cared about and uh, felt important is to uh, pass on. The beauty of film is that in one and a half or two hours, it can become fully engaged into a full story of something. Is that uh, that I can converse with they have a dialogue my story meets the story of gifted storytellers and story makers through film yeah that's yeah. the joy
0: for me of it well in surveying again the list i was looking at it again today and one of the most conspicuous features of the list is that you represent the work of many directors from many different countries. I've heard the term world cinema. So we're not talking about a lot of Hollywood films necessarily. So probably a lot of the films in your list have not been seen by a number of people in the world. How did that unfold, just that that your list ended up being so culturally diverse?
2: Uh, It's a gradual discovery. Telling a story from a very different context than mine can open my eyes for things that I have thought about too little or that suddenly come alive that might be hidden, unusual in my context. Yes, I've been deeply moved by stories from all kinds of cultures and discovering the deep humanness in very different life situations. And I've discovered through the years, you know, film countries, that that I wasn't aware of what a treasure there is.
0: What was... The most enjoyable part, because obviously it was also a lot of work, 50 summaries that provide just beautiful introductions and invitations to watch these films, you frame them in this opening life kind of context in such a lovely way. Yeah, the most
2: enjoyable part was to revisit uh, all these great films. Uh, It becomes something personal almost. It's my personal treasure. As I said, I had an initial documentation of it, but, but then I only could see in, let's say in 2011, I really cared about this film. Some were very vivid for me. Others I had. To revisit, to give life again, and and also, not in the least, to be able to write a few lines about it. Many on those lists I've seen for the second or third time, but it has been purely a, a privilege to me. I felt deeply educated through this storytelling because it really doesn't matter to me. A good film can be seen both two and three or four times. So every time again, I settle myself in my chair, prepare my mind, my heart for receiving what will be passed on to me. And I cherish that moment. Those first five minutes is of entering into another world and following... The life and the fate sometimes is of people that are opened up to me in that movie. It's just a great experience.
1: You brought up um, coming and watching this movie three and four times, and the experience of of reliving the story as it's being told. I feel in today's age of social media and how fast things are moving and and whatnot, the art of sitting with a story and really appreciating it time and time again. I feel like that art is being lost because it's like okay, on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Um, and I'm one of those people who, if I like a movie, I'll watch it over and over and over again. And it's crazy how you get something new every time you watch it. Like, why well, did it catch oh, that the first true. time? Or, or this, that happened? I've seen this movie so many times and I didn't know it. And my friends laugh at me all the time because I'm such a crybaby. I will cry over a movie that I've seen a million times because of the way it affects me. And I love that you've taken the time to do this because I feel like we're missing... In our quick, fast moving culture, the art of sitting with a story time and time again and letting it bless us with itself and letting it reopen things in us that we need to examine. What do you think we're missing when we don't really sit and pay attention to these other films that are telling these stories?
2: You know, so I agree about seeing it different times and how you see different elements in it. You know, I find myself often first time seeing, trying to grasp the story. You know, so who is who? Uh, how are they connected? Your mind is frantically trying to give it all a place, what you see and how these elements belong together. You know, you may not have the time to look deeply into the faces of people, or into the beauty of the countryside, or whatever. You know, so de- different elements. You let them pass by because you're so obsessed with trying to understand where are we and where is where is this going. Second time, you don't need to do that. You know, so so you're you're more open for other elements. See, so that you may have missed. You know, I love the directors Is that, uh, that are just burning with a story that they want to tell. It's not in the first place for the market. It's not in the first place for a big audience. It's something you have to share because it's important to you. And that is, of course, easier when you don't have a big apparatus like a studio it's a be, uh, like the big Hollywood studios behind it. Yeah, so I love in film what I sometimes call a small story. It's just something isn't it, that illustrates something about life and about relationships, about beauty, about truth, about
0: hope, you know, that touches your heart. If I were to summarize maybe a few of the lessons I'm learning along the way. One would be that it feels really critical to simply suspend my judgment, you know, to to stay open, um, to not pressure myself too much with tying everything up with a nice, neat bow, to leave questions unanswered and just to to stay engaged in the story to relax with uh, the ambiguity that I meet, partly because of the fact that we're talking about windows mm-hmm. that are very different from the window that I have in my own life. It could be because of culture, but also there, there are other challenges related to complexity or you know, all kinds of aspects of symbolism because of the way that these directors use the art form in a more artistic way, it kind of challenge the viewer to raise their game in terms of meeting them where they're at. I've learned to, to love these films, but they're often not easy to meet. Has that been your experience, Renus?
2: Oh, yeah, very much so. Yes, I love that what you said, you're postponing your, your judgment the reward is at the end. Uh, is, uh, maybe it's just good to experience that you never got it and that there is something that you don't get. <laughs> you know, that might be a good thing as well uh, to understand and, and not to walk away uh, from it. So, yeah, you know, it's so also on this list, there are films that might be hard to get, you know, so, and there are also films that is just a hard... Work to sit through it. Uh, but I find it fascinating to see films and, and read stories that show me the kind of almost anti life, yes. So where you end up when affection, connection, conversation disappears, their life is extinguished and the light goes out something is wrong with the world and this is where it ends.
0: Take us into a particular
2: scene. Deborah Granik's uh, title is Leave No Trace. It's a film from 2018. A father who has withdrawn from civilization into the forest park outside Portland. Illegal, of course, because his daughter cannot go to school. A jogger sees them and the police and the social service try to find a place for them to live and uh, so on and that doesn't work because he really cannot cope with human contact. There is a very tender relationship between the father and his daughter. They don't talk a lot, you know, so it's about little things. Well, the end of the film is that this girl starts to see that there are other people who are nice to be around and that there are things that she can learn. She hasn't had the opportunity, although her, her father tries to help her read and so on. So it's not that she is completely out. See, so, but she starts to understand that there is more to life than what she experiences with her father. Then at the end, the father has to move on again. You know, he packs his back and he goes, and there comes this incredible, heartbreaking moment. The girl walks with him out on the path into the woods again. And then at a certain point, she lets him know, I have to leave you here. I cannot be the one for you that you want me to be. But I understand that you cannot really be the one that I would love you to be. And that's fine. There is no discussion. There is no fight. And you see him lonely moving on into the dense woods again as she returns to this little community. I keep thinking about that: that you cannot always be the one that someone else wants you to be. And there is pain in it, but there's also reality in it.
1: Well, I love everything you just said. And I want to couple the next thing I want to say with something you said before. One of the things that I love about this podcast is how we take art and use it to like open up these conversations that we're really dealing with in life. I loved what you said earlier about. It's okay if you don't get it. It's okay if you sit with a book or you sit with a movie and it was hard and you get to the end of it and you were like, I still don't understand. I'm frustrated by it. Even in this movie, it's coming to this realization that it's not coming to an end with a nice pretty bow on it. It mm-hmm. ends with this heartbreaking moment of separation and mm-hmm. coming to the realization of this is not going to work. I still love you, but this is not going to work. And I feel like what you've done in this conversation is just give us permission to live in the tension of what real life actually is. The point of art is to imitate life. And yet everything we see in art is always this pretty thing. Is art really doing its job in imitating life? Was there a film that was like, yeah, that's exactly what we're all experiencing right now? Because I feel like the whole world has been forced to sit in this space of like, it's not okay. And that yeah. just is what it is. Like, there's no amount of makeup we're going to put on the situation to make it okay. It just sucks.
2: <laughs> yeah. I have thought about it during this period, so this exposure to this type of stories, to it, it's so obvious, so that life isn't as you would like it to be. You know, it has been a year since I hugged my grandchildren. But I'm so aware of, I'm not alone with that. In very different circumstances, people have been through this type of ordeals all the time. And yes, you also either have lost their bearings through it, but there are many who have learned some very deep lessons, levels of understanding and awareness that they never could have reached without that experience being able to reach depths in their own hearts where they never could have come so without circumstances changing dramatically so I can't say it's a particular film so that's about this or that illustrates that but I haven't thought about it I have had the privilege meeting People and stories in so different and adverse circumstances that I start to trust there are ways to cope with whatever comes our way, find somehow peace and hope in it. So that's why my number one film, An Elephant Sitting Still, also a very bleak film, but the whole idea of an elephant sitting still in a cage somewhere in China stay um, tranquil in the midst of very difficult circumstances.
0: Does that exist? Is that possible? Yeah. I have my own personal story with an elephant sitting still and with its bleakness. So I have a, a young friend here in China that was a student of mine that's really been lately struggling with life, with finding his place, he just mm-hmm. finished university. It's not a new story, it's a very common story. <laughs> In my perception is it's only getting harder for young people all over the world to find their place because of all kinds of economic factors that are shaping the world. Because I had watched an elephant sitting still. At Renus's recommendation, four hours of it. And I felt this prompting to invite him to look at it. And at the same time, I felt a voice inside of me say, Kyle, is this a good idea to take your friend who's already really struggling with life into this bleak depiction of what he's living through personally? This hypothesis that we lean into with Nexus is that. Even a very difficult, painful story, just seeing your story told on the screen decreases your isolation. Mm-hmm. I was hopeful that a lot of it would probably resonate with him. He watched the film, and he later told me that he was so thankful that he watched it. Just seeing it gave him a sense of hope for just holding on and not quitting on life. He saw that the struggle he was facing was not his struggle alone. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you.
1: What inspired you to just sit every day and watch a movie? Because I'm sitting here thinking like the way my life is set up and the way my schedule is set up, I can barely find time for any routine that lasts past like me keeping it going for like a week. (laughs) So how did you develop this discipline if I'm going to watch a movie every day? How'd you do that?
2: I'm not saying this is a model <laughs> for everyone, but in our phase of life, you know, say so at, at the end of the day, it's a moment of connection between me and my wife. We have our own things to do, but then we get together, we enjoy the moment, we mm-hmm. take a drink, and we open the movie. And we have something to talk about, you know, not always the same evening, but maybe the next morning at breakfast or whenever, you know, we come back and say, hey, you know, so I keep thinking about this. It's sort of what we experience as our quality of life.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is so cool. Again, another thing that I really feel like is missing in the world, particularly when it comes to you know, my generation are these connection points to other humans yeah. and how we're missing this opportunity to discover more about each other because we don't take the time to really sit with yeah. people and let's, let's unpack that. everything. is like, well, what's the point? Is it Instagrammable? Can we make this quicker? Like, how can I get what I want and what I need from this person? Like the fastest way versus how can I sit in this experience with another person? And- let it be whatever it's going to be without trying to either make something happen or get something from them. Like, what can I give to this experience by just being in it? I really think it's so powerful that you've taken the time to do this because you're literally modeling that in your very unique way of what it looks like to really give time to experience life. Yeah
2: to learn to get into something again as you said yeah, so it takes time not immediately to say oh I don't like this or I don't get it as, as we talked about earlier you stand before a painting and you think, well what is this about? So I almost physically feel and mentally and emotionally, I need to work hard to connect, you know, so is there anything, you know, so that I find a way in, a thread that I can start to walk into the artwork or into the film or into the story. It is so incredibly rewarding whenever that happens. But also when I visit a museum, yes, I can stand for 10, 15, 20 minutes just sort of mentally working hard to connect Mm -hmm. but then when that happens you know something very important for me for myself for my own well-being my own development as a person starts to happen and to experience that regularly and do that together with someone you love Constantly, our world is uh, broken up, so to say. You know, because of the stories of others enter into it. We dialogue with it, and and I think uh, so. There also this list is a mixture is uh, of films that illustrate what the beauty of life is, but also stories and films that illustrate what the opposite is. It's always a little bit higher, a little bit deeper. Anything that helps me to look a bit beyond what I have before my eyes and what I can grasp and touch and a little bit higher, there expands my life into something broader and bigger and a little bit deeper into myself. So when it's exposed through The life or a story of someone else, what is deeply as well present in my own heart, so that I start to understand deeper what is in there. That's what I'm always after a bit higher, a bit deeper. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. A bit higher, a bit deeper. I love it. That's what we should call this episode.
0: (laughs) Renus, just in closing. If you were to give a little bit of advice to our listeners who are, again, maybe not experts in the field of world cinema, what advice would you give them to help encourage them to meet these films? So the first one is just beginning. I needed
2: a few friends who from different directions sort of gave me the impression that here is something to get that i haven't got yet let me try to start where i am you know so you can't know what films you like or become meaningful to you when you don't exercise so to say so i have a friend that i regularly spend we call it 24 hours of film so we sleep a few hours but the rest we do film watching. Those are holy moments, sacred moments for us, the sharing it together, to have a coffee or a lunch afterwards and say, what did you see and uh, how did this make sense? And like with any other art form, it asks for your attention, it asks for making the effort when I stand before a sculpture, then I'm thinking of that artist behind it who has spent hours, days, weeks, months, years maybe to make a life something that he or she had in her head or heart or in her soul and needed to give expression to. And then I say to myself, Can't you take five minutes or an hour to give that a chance to speak to you when someone has given so much of her time to it and to receive it as a gift from the one who
0: has made it? This is a gift to you. Thank you, Renus, for the gift of this conversation with you and the awesome gift of these articles which all of our listeners can find on the nexus website at nexusonline.org thank you Brittany, for being here i'm sure you feel the same way about this film resource for you and your peeps definitely we look forward to seeing these films and to open our lives together through them Well, thank you. It's always my joy to talk about good films.
2: I only look forward to more times.
0: Hey friends, thanks for joining us. You can find the excellent introductions Renus has crafted on his top 50 world cinema films of the last decade under the Articles tab on the Nexus website at nexusonline.org. Films are available for purchase on Amazon or Apple TV. The music you heard in today's episode, the songs Amentos, Virus, and Hermetto, were all composed by Salvatore Maiore. They're all from the album Notturno by the group Sing Without Words, which you can find on your preferred music platform. If you're enjoying Opening Life Podcast, please subscribe, share a comment on our Nexus Opening Life Facebook and Instagram pages, and tell your friends about us. Peace.